This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's NASCAR Cup Series playoffs from Charlotte Motor Speedway, the Bank of America Roval 400. And for 12 drivers, this is the final opportunity to lock yourself in to the round of eight. Some drivers are safe. No drivers are comfortable. If any of these drivers have an issue, they're going to lose enough points to eliminate themselves from the playoff. And you come to a difficult racetrack like the Roval. So many drivers have said this might be one of the hardest tracks they ever go to. Not a difficult, the most difficult. Typical road course mentality, just save and fuel all day. Got a uh, long fun race here today at the Roval. Let's buckle down, go get it done. Having a good day here, boys. Nice and smooth, and be there on account. Ready, ready, green, 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 all rolling good. We're underway at the Roval. Martin Tricks Jr. dropping back to the field. We see him struggling, losing position. Thing does not do anything good. Yeah, copy. Go to plan. Hang in, hang with us terrible race car we sucked i mean it was awful so um i have no idea what we did for past races here where we've typically been pretty decent um but it was just absolute garbage big penalty though first playoff guy to make a mistake the 20 of christopher bell said we were too fast yes we got to do a pass through here ultimately we just weren't good enough made a lot of mistakes out there and uh but uh, we just we just weren't fast enough oh a spin by brad kozlowski Contact from the rear bumper, the 48. Huge for Brad. He's racing for points. He needs these points. Nice smart here. Keep taking. I thought I was being smart. All right, so a little update from what I'm sitting. I do not think we have an alternator. It was recovering. It's no longer recovering. I'm 13-0. Who's going to give right here? Chase takes the position away. What a move by Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott wins stage one. A big development issue for Kyle Larson. They are losing bolts on the five car as well. Five bolts are only 12. What do you want me to do? We'll pit for a battery. It is shocking that Kyle Larson can be in this position. Kyle Larson, the most wins by any driver this season, is below the cut line right now. He is 10 points down. Battery situation for Alex Bowman not getting any better. No, 12.5. We got one point. The stuff stopped working. Hopefully, uh... We have enough time. They're pretty early. We knew we had a volt issue, and it acted like it through the belt. Don't know what we had going on, but uh, unfortunate. It's tough to make a car live long here without any brake fans and tire cooling. The four car, Kevin Harvick, struggling to try to keep this car underneath him. He's going to have to give up this spot to chase. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thought he might get a little more aggressive than that. Kyle Busch, he's going to end up winning. 
stage two. After putting an alternator belt on, they hope that they have that fixed. We are, we are, we're good. William Byron and his team, you got to give them credit. They have to win, and they're in the best position they could have asked for right now. If he were to win, the point battle would be crazy. Oh, look and out! The nine is around. A lot of damage to Chase Elliott. Yeah, the nine is destroyed. Yeah, the track bars broke. It is. Oh, contact between him. Look at the front bumper of the four car of Kevin Harvick. Was that the payback from Bristol? Sometimes real life teaches you good lessons. It's a fair bar for that deck lid. Get that deck lid up on the way to the back glass. That puts the nine minus eight. They have to address and evaluate the damage to this car and be able to see how they can improve. Find speed, maybe rebound, and get those points back. Well, you wonder what Chase will do if he gets around him on the racetrack now. If we get a chance, we can wreck the arrow and lock us in. Don't be worried. Oh, it's going to happen. Oh, the two cars spun out. Brad Keselowski goes around. Keselowski drops. He's now in the red three points behind. Harvick in. Elliott in. Oh, William's going to miss the chicane. What the f***? Who hit me? They hit him in the back. Just lack of awareness, like, hit me in the back bumper right as I was downshifting the first gear, and so there's no way I was going to make the chicane, so I don't get it. Talk to him here. So we're in right now by six points. And I'm telling you, the battle continues for Brad. He goes behind that banner, but he gets stuck behind the one. Now the 42 is attacking him. Currently six points out of the playoffs. Harvick also into the mix. And not too far behind the four is the nine of Chase Elliott. Oh, the four is going to miss the corner. He misses it into the DeWall wall. Got the wall hard. Or jump. And now he's below the cut line and out of the possibility of advancing in the playoffs. Clobber. Yes, sir, it is. So we just got to finish here, basically, correct? Just make as many spots as you can reasonably, please. Look here, Larson, crossover move. Really aggressive into the entry of that turn. He's going to take this lead away. Runs the 11 wide. Big damage to the front end of that 22 car. And you're right, Junior. Big damage for the 22. That's important because now that's going to move Truex to the bottom of the green cars. That means if Byron takes the lead and can win the race, that would eliminate Truex instead of Keselowski. Oh, oh Byron's off. Byron into the grass. So I was just too mad at the end there and made a mistake and could have finished third, but finished 11th. So, um, yeah, this stinks. Kyle Larson, he will win at the Charlotte Roble. Kevin Harvick. Christopher Bell, William Byron, and Alex Bowman. Those all eliminated. Oh, wasn't a pretty day, but we got through. Thank you. Good job. On to the next trip. Oh, M4. Good job, there again. Our team has a lot of fight, and I'm just super proud of that. As far as Kevin goes, just want to wish them a, a, a merry offseason and a happy Christmas. Mike drop soundbite from Chase Elliott still being played around the NASCAR world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Marty Snyder, Jeff Burton joining you here today. Brad Darty, our buddy, will be joining us via Zoom very shortly. Of course, we want to hear from you guys as well at 844-NASCAR-NBC. Uh, Brandon Jones will join us on the show a little right. bit later today. Xfinity Series driver still in the Xfinity Series playoffs. Time to put the Roval 
and the round of 12 behind us and move on to the round of eight. And uh, we have a lot to talk about today. So I want to move on in this fashion, Jeff, to say that no drive, no matter what driver I talked to Sunday, after all that chaos at the Roval, they all said, this is the most important round. This is the round that matters the most. Why do drivers feel like that? Well, I think now it's championship winning time, right? You kind of get yourself through those early rounds, and now it gets down to eight cars, eight drivers, the best of the best. It's going to get more difficult. You know, the more drivers you eliminate, the cream rises to the top, and it just gets more and more difficult. So, uh, not that, you know, that, that round we just went through, mm-hmm. you know, I said it, I said it in the pre-race show, it's, it's sinister that that round, you know, <laughs> when true. you've got the Roval and Talladega in the same round, right. right? But then you eliminate some people, but now you've got to go beat the best eight. The, or you've got to beat seven, right? Sure. And, and it just gets way more difficult and everybody knows that it's it's now it's not so much what can happen to me it's can I beat these guys it's a different mindset so Brad let's bring you in how you doing this afternoon first of all bud and we talk about these different rounds good to see you there so the round of 16 Dell Jr. called kind of the driver round we talked about the round of 12 as Jeff just called sinister one of the most difficult rounds or if not the most difficult round in the playoffs in your opinion do you have to win here in the round of eight, if you want to go battle for a championship in Phoenix? I really think you do. Uh, and just to piggyback on what Jeff was saying, you know, these eight guys, there's been consistency, there's been winning, uh, there's been lack of mistakes uh, on the racetrack as well as on pit road if you look throughout these eight teams. So uh, if you just take that, that sample size throughout the entire year for all of these guys competing, trying to win this championship, you're going to have to win. You're going to have to win. You're going to have to have good days. You're going to have to be mistake-free because if you're not, someone else is going to be in this group. So, yes, I think winning is paramount. So, Jeff, for the, for the drivers in the round of eight, they all, they all said Texas is the most important race. Why is that? Why, why is all of a sudden this race the most important race in the playoffs? It's the next one. <laughs> I mean, you know, it pays the same amount of points as – uh, Kansas pays the same amount of points as Martinsville, but it's the first one. It's on everybody's mind. I do think, though, it sets the stage a little bit for another mile and a half right behind it. Like, if you go to Texas and run poorly, and then you go into another mile and a half right behind it, it kind of is like, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. So I do think there is some of that uh, because you could be, if, if you don't run well, you could be exposed to your mile and a half program. And can you recover in a week? Be really hard to do. And there's merit too, Brad. Right? This is the first ticket to the championship four. It's on the line Sunday. So you go win, you're in, and you've got two extra weeks to prepare for that race versus everybody else. Yeah, which is huge. And and, and again, what Jeff said is spot on. You know, we're we're going to go from mile and a half to mile and a half. And if you if you go here, if you go to Texas and you run poorly, it really sets you up for for the gauntlet as we go into the next couple of weeks. So. You want to go here. You want to show your power. Uh, you want to show your program, what you're capable of doing, run up front, have a chance to win this race. And if you do, absolutely, you set yourself up for a chance to hold a trophy here in a few weeks. Let's go to the phones here from you guys, 844-NASCAR-NBC. NASCAR is first up, as always. NASCAR, how you doing this afternoon, bud? What's on your mind? Good. And, Marty, you kind of hit on it. Um, I was going to say what advantage – or how big advantage does the winner of this Texas race have for the simple fact that they can get a car prepped? They can smooth it out, get kinks out for that Phoenix race and prep for that. And I think that's a big advantage. What say you? 
I, I would love to hear that from Jeff. I mean, every year, the, the, the team that wins this first race in the round of eight, that's what they all point to. Now we just worry about Phoenix. We're not worried about those next two races. Well, I think it's a huge advantage, I mean, for sure. Because now, you know, the truth is that you're going to put all of your eggs in the Phoenix basket. Mm -hmm. And you're going to make sacrifices in the next two races because you can. And you're already working on Phoenix. And I think that is a potential advantage. Um, At the same token... I think it's hard for teams, I don't care what sport you're in, to just turn it on and turn it off. I don't think a competitive team can go in at Texas and then just say, we're just going to take the next two weeks off and then turn it back up for Martinsville. I think if you lower that intensity, in some ways, if the team doesn't stay motivated, if the team doesn't stay in that intense mode, how do they respond when they get to Phoenix, how can they respond from a pit crew standpoint, from a driver standpoint? I think you still got to bring that same intensity, although it's really hard to do. When your wall, when your back <laughs> right. is against the wall, man, you fight differently than when it's not. And so that that team and that driver, they do win this race. They have to make sure they don't lose the intensity. And we have in the past seen drivers that have gone to win Martinsville to make it in the championship four, gone to win that final race, have a little more momentum when it comes to the championship four, no doubt about it. But I don't know about you, Brad, but I would take that win at Texas and give myself two extra weeks to get ready. I would would take that advantage a little bit. 100%. And and just think about it. You win that race at Texas – it, uh, yeah, you can't turn it off and on, but what it does is it creates even more pressure on those other seven. So now there's a little bit of scramble from those guys where you're going out, you're trying to hit, take care of your game plan if you've won, and race hard, but you don't have to race as hard. You don't have to take chances. You're not scratching and clawing trying to get that win if, the, if one of the, the competitors in that final seven is running great that day. You're not biting your fingernails. So it does. It creates a little bit of of relief, and you start prepping for Phoenix, and you're way ahead of everyone else. Justin is on the line. He wants to talk Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick. Brad, I'd love to get your reaction <laughs> to this. So, Justin, what's uh, what's on your mind this afternoon? Uh, hey, guys. I just wanted to call in and give my opinion on, you know, the situation. And uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of people that's been saying that Kevin Harvick should be suspended for – intentionally wrecking Elliott, but I I feel like Chase Elliott had it coming. He deserved uh, to get spun out, and it's just unfortunate that he didn't get enough damage where he had to take the car to the garage. He was able to continue on after what he did to Harvick at Bristol, and uh, it's just I, I just hate that Elliott didn't get eliminated, and uh, I feel like He's allowed to do whatever he wants out on the track, just like where his bumper was just barely hanging on. NASCAR didn't make him come to pit road and fix the bumper damage. And you go back to last year at Kansas where he had radio trouble, and they didn't do nothing about that. And I hear people saying, you know, go back to Bristol, where they said, oh, there was two more lanes. Harvard could have got around him, but there's no way that Harvard would have been able to pass him an idiot. Had just come off pit road with a lot fresher tires than Harvick. He could have easily got away from it. Hey, hey, Justin, I got a question for you. Yeah. Are you a Kevin Harvick fan? <laughs> yeah, 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 I've called in. Okay, I just want to make sure. I, I felt like I was talking. I felt like we were hearing comments from a Harvick fan. Look, I, I, I here's what I think. 
Like Kevin Harvick said, I wrecked him. Yeah. I mean, he made it clear, right? But NASCAR has a history. Brad's been around this sport for a long time. NASCAR has a history of two drivers are racing each other of staying out of it. So, no, Kevin Harvick shouldn't have been suspended. Now, Kevin Harvick's three or four laps down and comes out and intentionally wrecks him. That's a whole different game. game. But that's not what happened. Kevin Harvick shouldn't have been suspended. Kevin Harvick felt like that Chase Elliott cost him a chance at a win at Bristol. So, Kevin Harvick said, okay, I'm going to cost you a chance at a win today. And you may not like it. You may think your fans may want NASCAR to get involved. I understand it. But this is consistent with what NASCAR has always done. Again, Brad, you've, you've been in this sport for as long as I have. What do you think? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, racing hard. Yeah, we all know Kevin Harvick had an opportunity to win that race at Bristol. It was taken away from him. Uh, this was coming. He said I wrecked him. He owned up to it. Uh, I do think it's over with now. But, yeah, this was in competition. This was in the heat of the battle. I agree 100%. He had every right to use whatever he needed to use to try to get by him. He didn't get by him. He wrecked him, but he he owned up to it. So I think it's over with now. I think uh, one one good shot deserves another, and I and I think it's fair. And we'll move on from here. The one thing I do want to address is that uh, the bumper situation, which a lot of people have brought up, should NASCAR have thrown the black flag and made Chase Elliott come to pick, pit road to fix that bumper? In your opinion, Jeff? I, no, I don't think they should have because of the style of racetrack that we were on. I think that good point at really Martinsville point. at Phoenix. At a road course, NASCAR needs to be more lenient in parts and pieces hanging off the race car. And here's why I say that. These races, we run on these racetracks because the action the fans like is bumping, beating, shoving. And when you do that, you're going to have body parts hanging off the race car. So I think that NASCAR needs to be more lenient on road courses and on short tracks than they are at, you know, two mile, mile and a half, two and a half mile racetracks. That's my opinion but they need to be consistent with it. And that is where the complication comes in. If they're not consistent, that when fans to go like, hey, wait a minute, why aren't you consistent? But my take on this is I don't think they've been inconsistent. You could find a thing 16, sure, 15, yeah, 20 yeah. years ago, but in recent history, I, I think they've been pretty consistent on this. All right, so here's what I would love to do. I want to spin through as many Cup Series drivers as we can. I want to get through the whole field. We'll try to do it with Xfinity as well coming up here in a bit. And let's talk about the round of eight. Can they make it to Phoenix? And, Brad, we'll start with you. We'll begin with Brad Keselowski as we look at the championship leaderboard. He's on the bottom heading into yeah. Texas this weekend. So what about Brad Keselowski? You know, they've done enough to get by, Brad, throughout these playoffs. But I think getting by is not going to get you through to Phoenix. What's your thought on the two-team? Yeah, you know, I'd have to agree. I, I'm shocked that Brad is in this position. I didn't think there was any way in heck that that, that two-car would make it to the round of eight. So that speaks to his ability, his talent, uh, that, that team in particular. You know, the thing it has been all season for the Penske Fords as well as the Stuart Haas Fords, the Fords in general, has just been that lack of speed and pace that we've We've talked about ad nauseum, and I think, you know, we go to, to Texas this weekend where these guys, even with a package, are going to be toting the mail around that place, and I think that it's going to be tough. I think Brad's going to have a tough day uh, speed-wise, uh, maximizing velocity, and, uh, you know, they, they got lucky at the Roval a couple of times and were able to have a, a decent day, but I think it's going to come to an end once we get to Texas. 
Jeff, what about Joey Logano? Man, they had a nice round of 12, and they got themselves up in the points, and then it all got eliminated. When they Now they're 11 behind. So do they make it to Phoenix with a shot to win the title? So these, this round, I think, is the round they hate the most because they have not been good with the low horsepower, high downforce package. That's been a problem for them all year long. Uh, Brad and Joey both make comments about we have to be perfect just to be top five. Mm-hmm. We make any mistakes, we cannot be top five. That's hard to race against people that are really good on the mile and a half. So it's going to be difficult. I think Joey Logano has done a really nice job. Rack Kozlowski's done a really nice job in this round. But if I look at history, uh, this is the round that's going to give them a tons of problems. You've got two mile and a half in a row. I think it's going to be a hard pass for them. I, yeah, and I think they did not take a very big step at Vegas either. You saw Joe Gibbs Racing come with a pretty good step in speed. Penske just okay. So, Brad, what about Chase Elliott? We just were talking about him. How does a round of eight shape up for him? I would think, you know, a couple mile and a half in there, they should be in pretty good shape. What do you think? Yeah, you, you, would, you would think so. You know, the thing this year uh, about Chase Elliott and that nine team is just we keep waiting on them to flip that switch, you know, and, and just go to that, that different level that we saw – once we got the Phoenix last year, it was unbelievable, the performance. Uh, it's not quite been there. There's been glimpses of it. I still think that uh, there's more there. I, I think that that race team has to, uh, over the next race, to show its dominance, and this is a great weekend for them to do that, to really to really have that championship type of swagger uh, going into Texas and coming out of Texas. It's not quite been available to me in watching them over the past several weeks. So I think this is a crucial weekend. I think they have to go to Texas. I think they need to be dominant. Uh, I think they need to show the, the champions that they are uh, and, and be prepared to walk out of Texas holding those six shooters. If not, it just kind of puts that, that same thought in my mind that they just quite haven't been the team that they were last year. And I don't think that's good enough. Yeah, and Texas has not been a great Chase Elliott track. Kansas has. Martinsville certainly has, but uh, Texas no. has not been their racetrack. What about Kyle Busch? I talked to him after the Roval, Jeff, and he made the point, listen, at all these racetracks in the round of eight, we've won recently. Is the 18T, is it possible Kyle Busch's flow at flying below the radar here? So, yes, because they're inconsistency in the year. Like, mm-hmm. early in the year, it's like, what's wrong with Kyle Busch? He's not as good as his teammates. And then he became, in my opinion, they, become the, they became the best team at Joe Gibbs. And since the rain event at New Hampshire, mm-hmm. where he got, did nothing wrong, rained, got in a wreck, since that, their momentum, I don't know, I'm not saying it's because of that, but since then, their momentum just hasn't been there. But Kyle Busch is a four-time winner at Texas. On mile and a half this year, he has been very consistent. I think his worst finish is somewhere around fifth place on mile and a half. Been really, really fast. So I think this round plays into this team's hands. I think this is, this is a really good round for them. Mm-hmm. I think that they do transfer. I think Kyle Busch is really good. It plays into their hand. And, yeah, I feel really good about where they are. And, you know, you get Kyle Busch with a chance to win a championship, he's going to be hard, hard that, to beat. Is that your first of the championship four, I'm sensing? Of the, the, of the four uh, we pick? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, Chase I like Chase Elliott okay. going to the Final Four. But, but yeah, I mean, I feel – I feel best about Kyle Busch because of these next three races coming up. I think, I think it plays right into their wheelhouse. Oh Well, coming up, Brad and Jeff continue to break down the cup playoff field. There's four more drivers to talk about, plus all the Xfinity drivers as well. And we'll talk about Texas tempers. That's next on Motormouths.
With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch. Five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. So there have been some tempers in Texas in the past, uh, and, and for some reason it happens in the fall. Uh, Brad, you remember this? A.J. Foyt, Nari Leindyke, and Victory Lane. This was back in 1997. I Ari do, man. A.J. comes AJ. in there. He's boxing those <laughs> super Texas, boxing them here. Look at it. Oh, uh, no, you, don't, you don't point a finger at super Tex. What are you doing, Ari? What are you doing? Uh, David Gillen crashing Juan Pablo Montoya on purpose. Uh, Gillen was parked for the race. That one was fairly egregious, I would say. Yeah, that was pretty big wreck right there. That was uh, that was big. Yes, like I've had big. enough of you. Whew. Middle of the middle of the backstretch. That's not cool. Uh, 2010. Jeff remembers this very well. I do remember this very well. The, the The context of this wreck is that this was a big wreck and a non-fight after. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, grade this fight real quick, you Brad. Just took him out. You just wiped him out. He may have deserved it. Well, so what, what led up to that? It's a long story, long man. Story. And we don't have enough time for this. This is my favorite part, by the way, when they ride in the ambulance together, Brad. That's the best part of the whole thing. Uh, Kyle Bush wrecks Ron Hornaday uh, in retaliation. This one got That's significant fair. for Kyle because NASCAR parked Kyle for Xfinity races and uh, a cup race, right? They did, and Ron Hornaday still to this day talks about this incident. He's not gotten over it to this day. Really mad at Kyle Busch. These are all in the fall. Here's the big one. This was Kozlowski, Gordon, uh, Kenseth got into this. I mean, this is kind of a free-for-all that everybody got into, Burton. Yeah, this was a uh, this was pretty controversial. Jeff Gordon was really mad. There's a context to this also. Jeff's in a lot of these, just for the record. <laughs> and then Harvick comes in here and he's like, hey, man, like, get in there. Get in there and fight your own fight. And then Jeff's like, Jeff you're close enough. Now nah, I got you. I got and then it's all reach. <laughs> you were there that night, weren't you, Brad? <laughs> oh, this is great. Look at Jamie Weren't you Little. there for that he's one, Brad? Weren't you there for that one? That was pretty good. I was there. Um, I was there it, for that. Absolutely. It, I hey, got Jamie, long- as a matter of fact. I got Jamie Little out of the middle of that. Oh, it's, it's if, good. If you if you would have been Kevin Harvick, as long as your arms are, you would have had Jeff Gordon and it. Keselowski chest to chest fighting. Just. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brad. Here's the deal: if Burton and I get in a scrap this weekend, you're our first round draft pick to help us out. I got okay? you. I got you. Let's I, go. I appreciate that. <laughs> all kidding aside, all those in the fall. So why does this weekend? I mean, you said on our conference call today. This for some reason. This race in the fall, there, it's chaos at Texas. Why is that? I don't, you know, I don't know why Texas. I think in the year because, you know, you're frustrated. Like things haven't gone well. It's so such an important race as the playoffs go, as the points go toward the end of the year, and it's all coming together at the same time. And and 
it's everything's bigger in Texas. I mean, just stuff happens in Texas, and it's there's more than just those clips. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. It's, there's more, and I, I it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see it again this weekend. I guess me excited for this weekend, Brad. I'm all fired up to get there. Uh, let's jump back into our conversation about Cup Series drivers. Pick it up with Ryan Blaney, who sits fourth, a whopping one point above the cut line, which we haven't really talked about how tight these points are in the in the Cup Series. You mentioned Team Penske, not very fast, Jeff, you know, what they would really want at the mile-and-a-half tracks. But I would say if there's one team at Team Penske that's kind of brought some speed to the intermediates, it would be Ryan Blaney's team. You agree that this round might set up better for them? I do, and I don't really understand that. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't really make sense to me. But but they have. I think they've been. I think they've been better. Uh, Ryan's been good at Texas too. He has four stage wins there. Uh, you look statistically at his what he's done at Texas. This this is a very important racetrack for them because it 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 needs to be a good finish for them. He's got of all the racetracks, this is the track where he's led the second most amount of laps. Mm. And a lot of state, several stage wins. So this, to me, is the barometer. If they can, if they don't come here and run well, then there's nothing that tells me they're going to be able to go next week to Kansas and run the way they need to run. So to me, this is a very important race for this race team. That's a really good point, Brad. How do you feel about Martin Truex Jr.? I thought the round of 16 they looked so strong. Round of 12 is like, eh, they were okay. In theory, this should yeah. be a good round for Truex, but. Are you worried about Truex kind of heading into this round? I mean, I had him in my championship four, and I'm starting to wonder if they're going to be there. You know, the thing that's been interesting over the last several weeks watching this race team, uh, you know, he, he and, and James Small, is they've got really good speed. I mean, they're fast. But uh, not typical for this race team is they, they have made a lot of mistakes throughout, race, throughout the races where it's speeding on pit road, making a mistake with uh, something uh, with a crew person, uh, Martin making a mistake on the racetrack. They've been able to bounce back. But uh, the thing I've noticed week in and week out, though, when you sit and look at the overall speeds of the race cars, they're top six, top seven every week, no matter where we go. And so I think it's just a matter of them putting the day together, uh, a clean day together. And if they do that, I think he's right back into your, your, your final four because he he's going to be in mind for sure. I think anytime Martinsville's at the end of this round, Jeff, I mean, I think you guys say Truex has a shot. Kind of the same thing with Joey Logano, right? Yeah. Um, how about his teammate Denny Hamlin? I would, have, I would have said a few months ago, Jeff, this round would worry me for the 11 team. Then you look at Vegas, all the speed they brought there. That was a, that was a big win for them because that had always been one of their most difficult racetracks. Has Hamlin set himself up as the guy to beat throughout this whole thing and maybe even make it three for three and advance on into the championship four this weekend? He's led the most laps of everybody that's in the playoffs. He's a three-time winner at Texas. They've not been good at Texas recently. That last stat I just said means nothing <laughs> because they're good now. Yeah. And they know what they need to do. They're calm. They have a plan. They stick to their plan. They have speed. And with speed, speed cures all. And I, there's nothing in me that says that Denny Hamlin isn't going to be fast at these next three racetracks. Two mile and a half to Martinsville. And Denny Hamlin's going to run well at Martinsville, and he's going to run well at mile and a half. They just need to be clean. They need to do what they do. Don't get put in a situation that they're not comfortable with. If you can only finish eighth, finish eighth. Because you have enough speed coming in the next two races to make it work. So just don't let a bad situation get you down. Pay attention and just get what you can get. Try to get no more. I mean, I think they, you could argue, have set themselves up as the favorite overall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'll give you guys a couple seconds to get ready. I'm going to ask you for your championship four. 
before we before we finish this up. Uh, yeah, so think about that. Brad's going to think about it while he's telling me about Kyle Larson. I'm telling you what, after a win, a team win like that, Brad, Kyle Larson and the five team got to be floating on air, coming into two mile-and-a-half racetracks. I mean, this round maybe couldn't set up better for the five team. What do you think about Kyle Larson in the round of eight, Brad? Yeah, I, I, don't, need a, I don't need to give you a round of four. I'm telling you right now, this is the Kyle Larson Invitational, brother. Denny will be strong this weekend, but Kyle will be right there with him. He's he's not. I don't think he's never won at Texas. Had some good finishes. I think Kyle wins at Texas this weekend. I think Kyle Larson is holding that trophy when we finish up in Phoenix in a few weeks. That's just all there is to it. He has been unbelievable, as as we know, all season long. Had a little bit of a lull there, where he still finished top five majority of the races. It's set up for Kyle Larson to finish strong and to win this championship. I do love what Denny Hamlin's done, though. I think Denny's been remarkably consistent. They've come on strong at the, at the right point in time. So it's going to be a battle. But, man, I don't need to give you four. I'm going to give you one. That's at number five, <laughs> Kyle Larson Invitational, brother. I, so I know you're champion now, but I'm still going to ask you to give me four in a moment. So you got time to prepare. In the meantime, sure. we're going to go to the phones at 844-NASCAR-NBC. Marvin's on the line. Marvin, what's on your mind today? Well, I want to talk to my buddy Brad uh, Doherty. How you doing, Brad? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, my man. Hey, I yeah. got a question for you, Brad, and I think maybe you can help me with this. Who do you think is going to win this Sunday in uh, the great state of Texas in the cup race on Sunday? I think Kyle Larson's going to win Sunday. I, I know we're thinking everybody's talking about Denny Hamlin because he's been great there. I think Kyle Larson gets that, that non-victory Texas monkey off his back. I think the five wins this weekend. Marvin, you would have been better off to ask Brad, what race isn't Kyle Larson going to win? <laughs> yeah, none. Zero. <laughs> hey, Brad, don't forget Kyle Larson won the All-Star race this year at Texas. He's going to call That's me right. in a minute All-Star and say, race. tell Brad Darty I won the All-Star race. Absolutely. There you yeah. go. Uh, Dusty is on the line, has a question for you guys. Dusty, what's up? Hey, guys, this is for all three of y'all to comment on. But it's the first time in a long time that Texas has only one points race because All-Star Race is a completely different package, so it don't count. And it's one of the last tracks to be 500 miles. And this weekend they're putting on resin instead of PJ1. So how do you think all the teams are prepared for that? And if you ask me, Chase Elliott still owes Harvick a shot in the wall. And, and uh, he better get, he better get him at Martinsville before Harvick tries to get him again and ruin his championship chances at Martinsville. And I was at the race Sunday, and when Harvick wrecked himself, because that number nine was behind him, about the greatest thing I've ever seen. So, so, so I'm assuming you're a Chase Elliott fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll be honest. I was both, but now I'm burning all my old Harvick shirts. <laughs> oh, come on now. Oh, that's just a fun rivalry. I, um, listen, I, it's best for both of them to move on. Yeah. And I think they both will. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's Chase has nothing to gain. He's in a championship battle. He has nothing to gain messing with a guy that's not in the playoffs. And just let it go. You both, 
you both got each other a shot, and now it's time to move on. I think they will. That's why Harvick gave Parker the smirk when he said, is this over? He can't say yes. He can't say no. So he gave him the smirk to make, maybe make him think, maybe? I don't know. Maybe it is not. What uh, was the question? <laughs> the, the question was resin on the racetrack. What's your thoughts on the resin on the racetrack at Texas? I thought it worked terrific in Michigan. I mean, I'm hoping it provides the same thing this weekend. Great. I thought great points by, by you. I, I think a lot of points you made is that it's the only point race at Texas. Right. Different package in the all-star race. Resin this weekend, there's a lot of unknowns. And I, I think that goes right along with the rest of the year. And so we can talk about who we think the favorites are, and we clearly have an p- opinion about that. But at the same time, Brad, these are, this is a situation. Never used a resin at Texas before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did not have a point-paying race early in the year. There are a lot of things that are different going into this race, and sometimes that shuffles the field. Yeah, it really does. And uh, I, I agree. The, the resident Michigan I thought was outstanding. You know, we're going into Texas this time of year. It's a little bit cooler. Uh, the day's going to be cooler. So there's a, a great opportunity for it to cre- create a, a ton of grip. Uh, and that's what I think we're all anticipating. If that happens, we could see some incredible racing, some incredible side-by-side racing, incredible passing, uh, just because of the, the, the package with the less horsepower and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, and, and the points, I mean, you know, it's just, it's a crescendo moment. It, it, uh, we talked about it earlier. We, we, we wondered why would we get to this when we get to this point in the year at Texas, and we've seen it in IndyCar and all those other things. It's perfect what you said, Jeff. It's just, it's just this moment in time. There's so much on the line and so much at stake, and it is, it is really key to go into Texas this week if you're one of these eight teams. And put, you've got to put your best foot forward. You cannot have an off day because if you do, you just cost yourself an opportunity to win a championship. All right, Brad, I'm pinning you down. Who's your championship for? Well, guess who I got? One of them. One of them. Let me tell you who one of them is. I know who one, one of them is. One of them is the number five, Kyle <laughs> Larson. Uh, uh. I, got, I got Kyle. I got Denny Hamlin. Uh, I think Martin Truex uh, is in the final four. And Kyle Busch. I there think Kyle Busch is coming. I think he's going to shock us all and be there in the fight. All right. I like it. I like it. Who you got, Jeff? You're 75% right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think I don't think head to head Truex can take the fight to Chase Elliott. I I think Chase Elliott is there he and his team are faster. I think they have better pit stops. I think they have faster race cars. I just I think that Chase Elliott has has the advantage in almost every category. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to take Chase Elliott over Truex. Okay. Except but for got, championships. I, he doesn't have it in championships, Jeff. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> he didn't have that championship. <laughs> well, he had it last year. Yeah, I know. I don't know. He I'm doesn't have the advantage in championships. He won it last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Big Brad. We'll see you in Texas. Great hanging out hey, with man. you today, man. Enjoy the well. guys. Look forward to it. Can't wait. All right, Brad Darty, join us today on Motor Mouse. When we come back, Jeff and I'll talk a little Xfinity action coming up this weekend at Texas. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. 
Here's the NASCAR Xfinity playoff leaderboard as we kick off the round of eight. Those are the eight drivers left in the mix. A.J. Allmendinger, Austin Cindric, they've been the dominant guys all year long, both with five wins trying to win a championship. It would be Cindric's back-to-back titles that he would win. Jeff, let's kind of do the same thing we did with the Cup Series side, start with the bottom. We'll start with Brandon Jones. He's 14 points out right now. But honestly, really two of his best tracks to start the playoffs with Texas and Kansas. 100%. He's really good on, on mile and a half. So he has some wins at Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, 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 to me, this whole playoff grid is really interesting because of what you just said. There, you know, I, can look, I can look and make a real case that Brandon Jones, this round really is favorable for him. Uh, he's run okay at Martinsville as well. Mm-hmm. So although I think Brandon Jones... Uh, is probably he and Justin Haley are probably seventh and eighth in the rankings. Right. Over the entire year of how they run, this round plays favorable for for Brandon. So I can make a real case he can transfer out. And we're talking to him next, and I'm going to ask him this question, but if you throw him into the championship four mix at Phoenix, remember he won at Phoenix yep. a couple of years ago and beat Kyle Busch yep. in the process to do it. So he's no slouch. In that scenario, exactly. either. Exactly. I mean, he could win the title if he gets there. That's a legit thing. So, uh, Harrison, obviously, how do you feel about the 20 program right now and, and shaping up for the round of eight? This is when they absolutely went off last year. What, he went two of the three races? Yep. And, yeah, I mean, I, you could could be a threat again. Yeah, and I think that, again, this mixes it up. And, I look, and when I look at his finishes on mile and a half, they've all been really good or horrible. He has two finishes. Okay. He has two finishes in the 30s, yeah. where he he got in wrecks. But all the other finishes, a lot of top fives, and the other finishes on mile and a half. What this team doesn't do well is they don't get early stage points. Mm. Like they don't start as well as they finish races. They're going to have to get stage points if they're going to advance. Uh, just you're going to have to get them. They're, you have a little bit of a deficit. If you can't give up stage points, that are people that are running better than you early. You. You can outrun them by three or four spots, but you right. gave up all those stage points early in the race, and you can't give those up. How about Justin Haley? And I agree with what you said. I mean, I love some of the things the 11 team has done this year. I'm just not sure their raw speed is good enough to get them to advance to the championship for. What do you feel about them? Well, I think so, too. I think, I think that's the concern with, with Justin Haley, 11 team. Um, but I will say that Justin Haley has a lot of experience. We think about Justin as a young driver. Uh, you know, just like a lot of them in this series, yeah, right, trying right. to earn himself, you know, get himself to the final four. And he did that last year, right? He did that mm-hmm. last year. He's been there. He's done that. This is not new to him. That experience can be very beneficial. But they're going to need to be better than they've been. They're going to need to find a way to bring some speed. If you look at all of these teams and you start looking at who's been good lately, mm-hmm. There's a lot of top tens in the last ten races from all of these guys. Right. That's not going to cut it. You're not going to have enough people make mistakes. You're going to have to bring speed. That's the question about this team. Can they bring the speed to these next three tracks? How about Daniel Hamrick? Texas, Kansas, Martinsville would seem to be in his wheelhouse. That team has been puzzling to me all year long. They've shown the speed of the, of the regular JGR cars, maybe the best of that speed. But they can't seem to get there. They can't seem to finish a race. And it, we brought it up today. Could the, could a championship be won without winning a race? I just don't see how you you don't win a race and win a title. I don't see how you can win, not win Phoenix and win the championship unless Agreed. we get a situation where you know the 54 car is in the race. That car has been the best car in the series all year long. Maybe 
that's a situation where you could run second to the 54 car and, and, win, and win the championship. You know, I agree with your – I think that Daniel Hemrick has had a lot of speed, and he has the second most amount of points earned on mile and a half this year. And we have two mile and a halfs, and he cut his teeth, as all these young drivers did. Yep. But he had a lot of success at short tracks. And I watched him in the spring race at Martinsville. He sat there and rode around, rode around, rode around, and got time to go. He had saved his tires, and off he went. Now, he rode too long mm -hmm. and didn't get a chance to win a race. But I think he learned something in that process. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Daniel Hemrick and this team have stand a really good chance to transfer out of this round. Well, you, you look at their stage wins, Jeff, nine stage wins yep. this year. That's as many as Austin Cindric. Yep. They just can't convert the second half of the race. That's, that's their biggest issue. And they got to figure out how to do that. And how do you get over that? Sure. Right. In, in three races. Yeah, how do you get over that in three races? Now, a lot of times when drivers have trouble winning a race and they win that first one, then it comes, you know, then the pressure's off, right? Mm -hmm. The pressure comes off. Um, so, but, but yes, from a speed standpoint, uh, this team should feel really good about where they are. Hey, listen, they don't have to win no. to get into the next round of the playoffs. Right. They don't have to. If they do what they've been doing, they'll get to the next round of the playoffs. They're close enough in points. You know, they're, they're fine. If they do what they've been doing, they need to gain one point over the next three races. I think they can do that with the people they're competing against. Uh, Noah Gregson, talk about a couple of JRM cars. They had great momentum coming into the playoffs, but they just haven't been that great since then. Um, what do you think about JRM and, and Noah Gregson? They've been the opposite of Daniel Hemrick in the 18. Yep. Like what they've been able to do, they have not put themselves in position to win as many races by any means as Hemrick has, but when they've been in position, they've executed. They've won races, they've won Darlington, uh, uh, won Richmond, Richmond, and, you know, Darlington, you can make the argument, they just had, you know, they had the fastest car, but they didn't at Richmond, they got themselves in a, a tire advantage and, and won the race, but they won the race. Mm -hmm. And they so they've taken advantage of the opportunities they've had. I don't know if they're gonna run well enough to keep the points. Right. Right. I just don't know. They're going to have to take a step. Like I said with Hemrick, I don't think Hemrick and his team need to take a step. I think Noah and their team does need to take a little bit of step if they're going to beat, uh, if they're going to beat their teammate with Algar and also uh, Hemrick. So let's talk about the, the final three guys, Justin Algar, Mr. Consistency, right? He's been the picture all year long. Does his experience in this format pay off for him? Because he's done this how many years in a row where he's had a shot. And, and if he gets to Phoenix, everybody says he'll, he'll be likely the favorite. Yes, it does. And, and I think um, he's a pretty cool dude. But at the same time, he's never won that championship. Right. And time's ticking, for, as it does for all of us. <laughs> right. Time's ticking. And that pressure starts to, it can sometimes overweigh the experience. The concern I have for this team, and I have concerns for every team, the concern I have for this team is that every now and then you look up and they'll be running 11th. Mm -hmm. They'll be running 9th. You can't run 9th or 11th in this series and get done what you need to get done. And they'll every now and then have those races where you look at them and you're like, oh, my God, they're hauling butt, man. You're not going to be able to beat them. And then, then all of a sudden they're running 8th, 9th, 10th. Yeah. So they're going to need to find a little more consistency than they have had during the regular season. Austin Cindric, they've been playing from behind the last few weeks, which is different than how they did most of the regular season. But their mile-and-a-half speed has not been spectacular with a 22. Does that concern you in this round with two mile-and-a-halves in it? 
It does, but I don't see Austin Cindric and this team making mistakes. I think that they can consistent themselves into the next round. I do wonder, though, at some point, it becomes really hard to be the only Ford. It becomes really point. hard to have no teammates. You don't have any opportunity to learn from anybody but yourself. And that, that's not just in setups. That's in technology. That's in moving right. all your sim program forward. That's in moving all the technology forward. They are really out on the island by themselves. And if they win this championship, it will be, to me, way more impressive than when, when, when they did last year because they didn't have a teammate last year, but it's another year yep. of doing it kind of by yourself at Penske with no teammates, and other teams should be gaining on you. But they had Chase Briscoe to bounce things off of last year, which they don't this they year. They did, but I don't. I think that might have been a driver bouncing thing off. I have a hard time believing right. that the, the engineers at Penske and the engineers <laughs> at Stuart Haas were trading Sharing a lot of things. information. A.J. Allmendinger, is he the favorite? Whew. I have to say he is. You know, I have Interesting. To say I didn't he think is. you were going to say I, that. I think that it's because of everything I just said. I think yeah. that that team is continuing to move forward. And, I, you know, listen, that – 22 team is really, really good, but I feel like A.J. Allmendinger is taking the momentum. I think that his recent success and the way they've run for the last two months says they're the favorite. They have the most points going into the playoffs, and on top of that, they've been winning the races. So, yes, I think, I think that they are the favorite. Nice Xfinity Series preview for you as we head into the round of eight. And coming up next, we'll talk to one of those drivers. Brandon Jones will join us. We'll talk about Texas in the round of eight, his chance to win a title. What's up, Brandon? You'll hear from him next. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back. NASCAR America Motor Mouse. That's Brandon Jones hanging out with us here. Xfinity Series driver getting ready for the round of eight. So how do you feel like these tracks shape up for you? I would argue... Right off the bat, maybe two of your best racetracks in Texas and Kansas. What do you think? Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, I've always said, you know, getting to this next round is so key for me because of the tracks that are in it. Um, never would I have thought coming into that first round of 12 where you have uh, Talladega and you have the Roval uh, that we come out of there with, a, I think, an average of like 4.3 of a finish, you know. So, I mean, what a, what a heck of a round and a big momentum builder for us. Uh, kind of what we needed, you know, this first half of the year for us, um, trying to get to the first round um, was an up and down roller coaster. Um, you know, there was times that we had speed to win the race. There was times when we had the speed that we got taken out of the race. Um, so it was it was up and down, man, for sure. But uh, we, we've done some stuff. We made some changes and um, we got it. We got our stuff together, I think, for for the playoffs now, man. So, Brandon, why have you been so good at Texas and Kansas? I think, uh, Jeff, it's just a just a driving style thing, man. I think that it's uh, – I'm, I'm really good when it comes to momentum racetracks uh, where you get in a rhythm, when you lock in, when you hit your marks. Um, I think I'm really good at those style of tracks uh, that, that you attack. 
in that sense. Um, you know, I go back to Kansas and um, there, there's, you know, areas of that race where I'm like, man, I mean, restarts are not my uh, strong suit. And you see here, man, I mean, this was this was one on a restart, you know, and so um, we just have been really improving on every little aspect. It's getting a road pit road good. It's restarting well. All those things finally add up to get you these wins. So, Brandon, I would say beyond the three racetracks in this round, Phoenix is maybe one of your best racetracks, too. So if you go there and you're a part of the championship four, do you feel like you can legitimately beat A.J. Allmendinger, Austin Sundrick, Justin Allgaier, all those guys, and win this championship? I mean, man, yeah, I have to think that. You know, I mean, we've ran really good there these last uh, really two times that we've been there uh, once I won against Kyle. And then uh, even for the championship race last year, we were really fast. We were actually faster than the 22 at times. And uh, just there was areas of that race that I didn't push the issue. You know, I respected his position of where he was at and what he had to lose and what was on the line for him. But if we would have been in the fight for the championship battle, you know, there would definitely have been things that I would have done differently to try to get by the 22 and, and, and certainly uh, others as well. So, man, I, I think so. You know, once once we get there, if we get there, I, I expect we do, you know, and, and uh, it's definitely one of our best tracks so far. So hopefully he's spraying PJ1. Ever since they sprayed the PJ1 on the racetrack, <laughs> uh, it really came to life there. Okay, pay attention to the rules. You can't pick yourself. Who's the favorite to win the Xfinity Championship? Uh, as much as I hate to say it, probably Almondinger. Uh, he's just, man, consistent. You know, he's been really fast on a variety of different tracks. He's good at road courses. He's good at mile and a half. He's got the aggression level, you know, not scared to move anybody out of the way to, to win a race. So, um, and I got I got to think that he's probably the one you got to really pay attention to during that final race. Hey, Brandon, uh, Harrison Burton's calling me. He wants to talk to you about that answer. I'm just, just kidding with you. Just kidding with you, man. Uh, no, all good. I, and I agree with you, by the way, A.J. Allmendinger. We actually all agree with you. So yep. there you go. So, uh, hey, look forward to seeing you in Texas. Best of luck this weekend, man. Yeah, guys, look forward to it. If we lock ourselves in, that'd be a heck of a first, first start. So I look forward to it. Yes, I would. would. Brandon Jones joining us and certainly very good in this round. Going to look forward to seeing him in the Xfinity Series, guys, this weekend. Uh, I, I want to save a little bit of time here to talk next-gen tests of the Roval because you spent two days there. What did you learn? I mean, that's my first question. Like, what did you pick up from two days at the racetrack of the next-gen test? It, you know, listen, as much as we talked about how different this car is and it's an alien spaceship, <laughs> it's still a race car. Yeah. And good race car drivers and good teams are going to have an advantage like they always have. Um, this is a completely different look at how to build a race car within a NASCAR system. But when it all is said and done, it comes down to the wheel man and the people working on it. And that, that's, gonna, that's not going to change with this car. I think people have loved the look. They've loved the sound. They've loved everything. What are the, what are the biggest things fans are going to notice with this new car? So I, you know, all those things you just talked about, and I, and and I think Marty that there's still so many unknowns. It's very difficult to know. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that, you know, on the road courses they break exceptionally well. Like drivers can drive them really hard. Um, I don't think you know how t- currently you see a car that gets really loose and you think he's going to spin out, mm-hmm. but it just really goes sideways. Right. I think those days are over. So you're saying if you get loose, you're going to lose it. Yeah, I think we'll see more cars spin out. I think we'll see more cars back into the wall 
because the current cars, when they when they you know when they start sliding, they just build tons of side force, mm -hmm. and it keeps the car from completely spinning out. The other thing is, you can see how much higher off the ground they are. Yeah, like the cars aren't anywhere near on the ground like the current cars that we have. That's just some stuff that's built into the car that that doesn't really let it travel as much. And so, from a from a viewing standpoint, they'll notice that uh, they've yet to have 20 of these cars in one big pack. So there's still a lot to learn, but. The concept is aerodynamically, the downforce is being generated underneath the car, so when you catch somebody, hmm. you won't lose your car like you do in a current race car. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Real quick, biggest thing that drivers kind of want to get addressed before Daytona. we got about 20 seconds. Yeah, the biggest thing is just the steering. The steering is uncomfortable and it's inconsistent. They just need to try to figure that out. It's fixable. They just gotta, It's just going to take some time. A lot of fun. I'm glad you got to go hang out there with all those cars at the Robo Test. I can't believe we got all this in. We'll look forward to seeing you guys this weekend at Texas. We'll see you back here on Monday afternoon for another edition of Motor Mouse. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done.